Hey there, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. This is Culture and Conviction. Absolutely. I am Iron Petrie, along with my wife, Star Petrie. And uh, we are here for another rousing podcast. <laughs> it's, it's really exciting because you had a very, very, very full and eventful weekend I have, uh, last yeah. weekend. So I, I want to hop right to it. Tell everybody where you were, what you were doing. Uh, well, spare no detail. <laughs> spare no detail. Well, I'll tell you what. I had the honor, and I do say honor, and the distinct privilege to be able to go to the White House. Uh to, to a great degree, I have not yet uh, actually processed it all. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you, you kind of went there. You've been, you know how you do something, you're all in it, and at the end of the day, you're not really taking in what you're doing. Sure. But at the end of the, end of the day, there was a, uh, a Black Leadership Summit, Young Black Leadership Summit, that was uh, sponsored by uh, a lot of different groups, but mainly put on by Turning Point USA, and everybody knows that to be Charlie Kirk, a conservative um, uh, you know, entity that is doing a lot of great things for a lot of young people in this country. And uh, it's really focused on young uh, kids. You know, I'm talking like 14 to 28. So mm -hmm. we're talking about right out of middle school, late middle school, high school, and college age sure. young people. That next generation. That next generation. Yeah. And uh, they were targeted and they were there for the Young Black Leadership Summit. But this was something that I was not uh, intending to go to, something that I was not had didn't have on my schedule at all whatsoever. I know, because you didn't even have a MAGA hat. <laughs> I mean, you just went down there. <laughs> didn't have just, anything. Just yourself. You didn't even take it. I didn't anything. have anything, but just a phone call from a connection, from a connection, and the next thing I know, I'm on an aircraft headed to Washington, D.C., and to attend this event. And like I said, what an honor it was, what a blessing it was. It was three days. So we were there, I think, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was amazing. What was so amazing about it for me was to see young, enthusiastic, and civically invested sure. young black people. Right. And I'm talking about young men and women who can stand up and ask intelligent questions about policy, about uh, about uh, the body politic, and really, really sure. are on Fire. Not just hashtags, right? Kids no, that go a little bit deeper no, no, than, no, than nah. a hashtag or no, no, no. These these kids aren't just just hashtag, and they can't afford to because they're conservative black kids. So when you're conservative, Very good point. Uh, yeah, when you're conservative and you're black, you cannot afford to stay shallow with your understanding of body politic because everybody's going to ask everybody's you, everybody's testing what you, right? In the world, do you think you're doing? Are you crazy? <laughs> everybody's going to be joning on you, talking about you, calling you all of the racial, you know, stereotypical names and so forth and so. And they've met it all, mm -hmm. and that's the crazy thing about it. Uh, I was stopping to encourage one of them because you know I'm 43 years old. So at this event, I'm one of the old heads, right? right? And uh, because I was a part of a group of pastors that were actually uh, had to, had a chance to go along with a family member of mine. And uh, we were part of a, a pastoral group who was asked to just come and kind of look at it, see what's going on, check it out, uh, see if you want to get involved in kind of what they're trying, kind of hear the vision to see what they're trying to do. And um, I'm one of the old heads there, right? So I'm observing these young people and uh, many... Uh, Anyway, it was just a blessing. I, I could go on and on and on and on and on about it, but uh, it, it was amazing. Well, I I was most like impressed by simply the just just seeing Donald Trump in the White House being received 
by this group of folks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just one of those events that it had to be surreal for a lot of those young kids. Oh, it's yeah. not every day that you get to go to the White House and the president of the United States steps out and, and says, I'm going to take the time to address you and, mm-hmm. and, and shake hands with you. Yeah. Um, and, and so I thought that was a, a very, I mean, very cool thing. You, you think of the millions of people in their lifetime who desire to go to the White House. Sure. You, you think of the number of people. I've seen people who take pictures outside of the White House, right. you know, just getting close. They were like, I was at the White House. I didn't go in. But, you know, you know they crack some type of joke about, you know, they wouldn't let me in or something <laughs> like that. You know, but, but going to the White House is an honor. It's a privilege, regardless of what our superstar athletes are doing nowadays in, in passing up the opportunity to go. God bless them. But it's still a it's it's honorable thing to do. It's a respectful thing. It's a very it's a very it's a very weighty thing to be a part of. It's and about like the I say, office, when, yeah, yeah, it's about it, the history that you know. I mean, America is the greatest country ever in the history of mankind. No so, doubt about it. I mean, to be able to go into those into that that building, even though it's probably old and probably needs some help and repair, but you know, still, it's the people who walk those halls. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, man, that's a and pretty telling, surreal moment. Oh man, it, I think. it's it's amazing, and we were we were able to go into the East Wing, uh, where so much has been done and said over the years. I mean, all the presidents that have come there and give press conferences and made announcements sure. and breaking news, sure. and you name it. I mean, yeah. you name it from policy things to war to yeah, I mean, just all kinds of things, and to walk in there in the nostalgia of all of that and in the just being in the middle of that it, it was an amazing thing i man. know you were you were quite taken by the whole thing because let me tell you what my husband brought me back as a souvenir <laughs> which i thought was quite interesting a napkin man don't say it a napkin hey with the presidential seal hey when you when you're you in go the to washington dc <laughs> and bring me back a napkin hey but it was Thank from you. inside the white house still you understand what i'm saying i would have hey, been more impressed hey, if you had hey, just there, got me something hey, out of were, a souvenir there, shop there were people but being, i'll take it there were people you know wanting to know what they could take and they were being told to take packages of sugar so so you know at the end of the day when you go in the white house to come out of there with something that you had in i would have brought my glass but they would have probably that I drank water out of, but they probably would have arrested me. They wouldn't have let me out of there with the glass. So, so I left the glass. Please leave the glass. <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, let you take the napkin. it was amazing, man. And like I said, to go back to what I said earlier, to see those young, energetic, enthusiastic, young black men and women, and they're not there superficially and they've received a lot of backlash for it. They get a lot of heat, which, which really that bothers me because I've seen greater consternation from black people about these young people being at the White House mm-hmm. than I've seen expressed about young people of the same age selling drugs. You see what I'm saying? I'm being just as quiet as they are. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like you mean to tell me you've got, I mean, and this is the thing about it, you've got adults, adult celebrities, adults on Twitter and, and Instagram and all these other sites where everybody can kind of hide and throw their rocks. They're they're calling these these kids coons and sellouts. And these are kids. Like I said, I, I, I'm an old head. Right. Th- these are 14, 15, 16, 17 year old kids, and then on into the you know college age. And some are a little older, yeah. um, but these are young, energetic people that are trying to be civically engaged. Mm-hmm. And I could think of a whole lot of stuff young black youths get involved in that you do not hear the slightest peep of consternation about. Sure. That is 
that is demeaning to them, that is destructive, and is not very constructive. But these young these young people, I'm telling you, they cut from a different cloth, and and the country, and the community had better get ready because they are not scared. I'm telling you, <laughs> they have zero fear. They have zero care about their their reputation because they have been awakened to some things that, of course, you and I, we're old heads, like I said at this. We've been conservative for a very long time. We have. My awakening happened when I got born again and gave my life to Jesus, okay? Mm -hmm. First of all, that was my awakening as a conservative, voting conservative, because I let my faith inform it. And it wasn't that I knew everything I needed to know. It was just that I knew that God wasn't down with certain things. And so (laughs) I knew automatically then that was going to inform my conservatism. But about 11 years ago, when you brought home that book, The Quest for Cosmic Justice mm-hmm. by Thomas Sowell, and I read it from, as they say, kiver to kiver. <laughs> I read that thing from cover to cover. And when I put that book down, I had been armed with why I was conservative sure. from an economic perspective, from a socioeconomic perspective, from a social construct perspective, from an ideology and from from that whole perspective. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you, you're conservative because you're Christian and you're not down with certain behavior and certain social policy. Mm-hmm. But then to understand the history of ideas right. and to see how woefully destructive the ideas of liberalism have been and are, man, it woke us up some serious. But to that point, you know, it's something... That uh, Larry Arn, who's the who's the president of Hillsdale College, mm-hmm. you know, he he wrote something that I thought was very made conservatism quite simple, right? That that from a conserv to be a conservative is to have the understanding that basically what has worked over time has worked over time, mm-hmm. and those things that have not worked over time. They just don't work. And they're not going to start. And they're not going to start working <laughs> just because you give me a new face to it. So socialism doesn't become all of a sudden this remedy to the world's issues because AOC is out there. No. You know what I mean? Because no. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is now the face of it doesn't mean that socialism now has newfound hope to be effective and effectual. They're just yeah. waiting for the right liberal to make it happen. Exactly. But see, that's the that's the hubris that is integral to liberalism sure right that's the pride that's integral to it you have a failed idea but you think that idea goes from failure to success because of you Mm -hmm. that you know communism would have worked if it wasn't for stalin Mm -hmm. (laughs) what i'm saying the wrong man at the wrong time just the wrong guy like but we can do it you know we can actually make it work we can make square round that's right. You know, but you cannot do it, man. And and for for us as African American people in this this uprising, the true wokeness that's really <laughs> happening. I'm yeah. serious. I'm serious. The true thing that people are waking up to is it's not about it's not about black people becoming Republican that were Democrat. No. It's not about parties. It's about black people awakening to the conservative values that have always been have in the best interest been. of black people's upward mobility throughout history. That have always been at the at the basis and at, at, at the actual genesis of black people's true yeah. freedom. No doubt and, about it. And ability to even see the gains that we've seen in this country. No it, it, doubt it came about it, man. 
as a result of conservative principles, first yeah. principles. Yeah, so it's not about the party affiliation because that's the thing that everybody throws up. Yeah. You know, I'm not a Republican. Yeah. It's not about... We're not talking about donkeys and elephants. No, 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 no. We're talking about right and wrong. We're talking about good and evil. Sure. We're talking about works and don't work. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just that basic. simple, man. That's it. It's just that simple. If it hadn't worked, it ain't going to work. It's not going to start. We're good. It's just not going to start. And I think we have a history now of decades-long loyalty to the liberal side of the political spectrum, and it has produced nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing, nothing. nothing. But 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 here's the thing. The... The, the problem with our with our society at large is that they have tried to create an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. That's what social media has become, really. Yeah. I mean, when people get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, the expectation is that I'm going to hear what I heard on this one, on that one, on this one. Yeah. And so I start to believe, and then I join in, and I'm going to repeat the same things. So when these kids who are very socially engaged yeah. begin to get on there and say something completely different, yeah. And and out of the way for for most ears, then everyone assumes, oh, you know, these kids, they don't know what they're talking about. Or these kids are being indoctrinated by by, you know, the (laughs) likes of Candace Owens and other and other personalities. But but it's not it. These kids are seeing for themselves that I have a I have a mind. I I have a spirit that's individual and unique to me. Yes. And I don't want to be like anybody else. I'm not trying to follow Jay-Z or Beyonce or whomever. I want to be my own person. And I want to reach the full potential of my life. Whatever that may be, Mm -hmm. I want to search it out and find it. Yeah. And you're not taking your, like you said, you're not taking your cues from the culture anymore. No. You you are really, really. And and that's the one thing that, like, when I was in the room and looking at all of these young people, my heart really went out to them because I could see very clearly where of course they had been they had met with so much contention from so many people oh, I'm sure. and and some of I'm the heaviest sure. contention coming from family because many of them testified as much but i heard a young kid it was young 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 guy young kid he was probably maybe gosh i don't know eighth ninth grade tenth grade somewhere around in there maybe, maybe i think he may have been a sophomore in high school but he got up and he asked this very intelligent question and he put it out there in a way that was so airtight that the whole room just kind of lit up when he got through talking <laughs> And uh, and at the time he was talking to speakers because at the end of the speakers they had a Q and A with the crowd sure. and he was talking to someone uh, and they were talking about I mean they talked about everything from faith to public policy uh, because one of the gentlemen who actually helped to write the the policy for the prison reform was there giving a speech and he actually spoke at it so they were able to ask him questions and you could hear straight from the horse's mouth about how this was going and what this was and so to hear him stand up and say that. My heart just really went out to them because the one thing that I noticed in us being conservative, we get it. If you're a liberal and you're black, and and let's just be honest, Mm -hmm. it's a disadvantage for you. And here's why. Because nobody will ever ask you why you are one. That's very true. Because you're doing what you're supposed What's, to be doing what, what you've been trained to do you're doing what is expected you're That's voting right. what is expected you're That's standing right. where you're told to stand so nobody is going to ask you why mm-hmm. which then you're not going to have the incentive to think having pleased, about yeah having pleased the world around you the exactly. culture around you to even investigate why you are on the liberal side absolutely you, you won't say it but when you decide to be conservative 
the first thing out someone's mouth if you're black is why why mm-hmm. how i mean it's just going to keep on going and then it's going to then it's going to devolve and devolve into a bunch of racial uh, stereotypical yeah. names you're going to be called coon and and bootlicker and this that and the other and these kids then are forced to take a deep dive into okay what am i standing for for real so Absolutely. they have to educate themselves you see and and it unlocks this beautiful mind mm-hmm. and this intelligence and this 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 uh desire to really find out what policy is all about and i'm telling you just get ready cuz uh mm-hmm. i believe it's just getting started i really do because i think people are starting to recognize that conservative values have always been on the side of people who want to move their life forward. And when it comes to the upward mobility of the common man, mm-hmm. nothing has beat conservative values that this country was founded on. And nothing you know, has. The thing that I found that was most promising, and we're going to play a clip from from the president's uh, uh, speech there. I, I love the fact that it seemed like the room in general embraced faith as being oh, a catalyst without doubt. for anything that they're doing going forward. It was a theme so, of the whole weekend. So I, I think, man, finally, we're, we're starting to see black people return to those first principles that pushed us out of slavery, that got us out of Jim Crow, mm-hmm. that have moved us, I mean, beyond, far beyond what slavery oh, ever no what did to our ancestors. And all of that, all of that was because the, the wind of God, the wind of righteousness was at our back. And we fully embraced yes, God's, God's principles in his, in his way. That's so it. I'm excited about that. I, I mean, oh, well, politics is wonderful. That's the thing to be excited but, about. But praise God, these kids are like, <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, there, there is no, I'm telling you, being in that room for three days, uh, being in the White House for, for that one day and then being in those meetings, it was which is at a separate uh, place uh, uh, for those those three days. Uh, faith was never I put it like this. You didn't bring up Jesus and get booed. <laughs> OK, like they did at the Democratic uh, National What about Convention. God? Uh, years, what, what a few they, years what? ago. That was, I still can't get over that. I'm sorry. How do you boo? God, I, I just I don't understand that. But anyway, That's ideology but right there. but at the end of the day, no, Christ was presented. He is accepted and understood to be a necessity for what they're trying to do. I mean, there were speakers who got up and all but gave an altar call. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding with you. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Not, that wasn't every speaker because you. they had a they had a diverse kind of group in terms of the subject matter they were bringing. Sure. But God and faith was a theme throughout it all, and they do not shy away from it. And to see young people, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about young people getting up asking questions about even uh, there was one young lady who got up and talked about getting liberalism out of our pulpits because Whoa. she's like she was like they're preaching this stuff in Whoa. our churches and i was like whoa yeah. and i'm like do i see people do they realize what they are because like i said true. they're serious they have taken a deep dive and they're doing it from their heart and I'm telling you, it's just the beginning. But man. isn't that awesome, though, that God always has a remnant? Always. You know, and we sit back and we're like, woe is us, man. This thing is, is going off the rails. And God's like, you you just sit down and you 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 keep your, hold your position. Because I got people coming <laughs> that are going to get, get off the wall. They're going to actually, they're going to fight. And that's the so, crazy thing, because there's a lot of people out there from, from the likes of preachers, politicians, celebrities. Sure. Uh, housewives, 
dock workers, you name it, there are people out there who are not as verbose or, or, or loud about it. But I'm telling you, there are people all day, every day that are walking away from liberalism and liberal ideas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going into that voting because box. They, they and they may not it. they may not argue with you at the barbershop and salon. No. But when they go in the privacy of their voting booth, they yeah. know what is in their best interest. Some of them loud ones talking a whole lot of schmack are going in that voting booth. <laughs> yeah, they doing and, it, too. And ticking that red box, too. You know so, it is. You interesting. Know it is. But I want to play this from President Trump because I think everybody should at least hear a portion of that, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. Someday you are going to be setting records like nobody before. I'm telling you, I know it. I know where it's at. I know where energy is, and you have the energy like very few people have the energy. So I just want to uh, tell you, get out there. Prove me right, please, okay? <laughs> Prove me right. I have no doubt you will. Each of you has come to Washington for the Black Leadership Summit because you have what it takes to achieve real change on your campuses and in your communities, and that's what you've been doing, and that's actually why you're here. You speak out for the values and principles that have made America the most exceptional nation anywhere on Earth. And I will say this today, is greater than it ever was before. Our military, our economy. We have the greatest economy in the world. We have the greatest economy we've ever had. Tremendous numbers just came out today. You heard that. But you stand up for the oppressive forces, and you do. You stand right up to those forces in our country that demand conformity and control. You refuse to be censored. You refuse to be silenced. And you will never back down. And don't. Don't ever back down. You're the champions for free thought and free speech, and I especially want to thank. So, real excitement in the White House, East Wing. Is that what you told me? East Wing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just I want to give hats off to those who put it together, and obviously to the to the kids who who came out, even those who were young at heart, <laughs> dear. Uh, and uh, I was I was just blessed. Yeah, I'm of course, ser seriously of blessed to be even even invited to be summoned and and. Uh, allowed to to come you yeah, know when you think about man. it we've come a long way just even in a short in a short amount of time you know between uh, president obama's time in office mm -hmm. and, and yes it, it being very cantankerous and it's still very very much you know the the left and right are just pitted against oh, yeah. each other right but it's I, nasty I, th I think you're just like you had mentioned just seeing young people become more invested in in understanding for themselves and not taking for granted that what their teacher or what their parent or what anyone tells them that I can open the book, yeah. I can I can read it for myself, mm -hmm. and then I can ask intelligent questions yes. for greater understanding. Yes, um, and I you know hats off to those young people who do that because because I think that's that's truly that's truly what that that young mind that always says but why but why but why and how and how and how that's mm -hmm. why God created kids to yeah, to, to be that way that I mean you know and so so questioning with boldness is a is a beautiful thing because it, it sets you on the path of of, of truth and light I mean if, if that's yeah. what you're looking for you'll find it now obviously if you're looking to be deceived you can find that too oh yeah um, but if you're setting out on a search for truth and you say I, I really want to hear and understand then God is always faithful to make it to make it known to you. He's not yeah. going to hold back. Yeah, so. no doubt about it. And like I say, it, it's hard to be a young, black, conservative sycophant. 
You know what I mean? It, it's hard for you to, because you're going to catch so much anger. So much. You cannot just follow blindly. It, it's going to be difficult. And I'm not saying it's, it's not possible, but it's much less likely because of the demand upon you to have to really learn what you're talking about because you're going to constantly have to be put in a position to defend your position. And uh, that's going to be a never-ending battle for you, especially when you make that public. That's why so many people are conservative in the closet. They're not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, and I'm telling you, they're preachers. They won't, they won't whistle. They won't whisper it because of, because of fear that people are held hostage. I mean, you look at just recently, Ellen DeGeneres, she went to a football game and sat down next to President Bush. She sat down next to the man. That's right. That's it. People were like, you should have tarred and feathered him. What were you doing? I, I mean, <laughs> and, like, what? And, but, but you see what I mean. You see the ideological prison yeah. that people try to lock everybody into. Yeah. And so you cannot be the party or you cannot be the side or you cannot be the, 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 the group or the people of freedom mm. when you want to castigate your own for, for doing very benign things. I'm talking about, I mean, who... A football game. <laughs> what what was it going to change not, where she sat? Not, you know what I not mean. Anything. And it, it was not just anything. it was just uh, it was just a telling thing. And it's and it's also it shows and it's waking people up too. Yeah, because people understand that no one is safe in this yeah. in this world of of online bullying and and online. You know, everybody is quick to judge right there, judge, just, jury, and executioner oh man, on, on anything that you do. Um, but it's kind of what we were talking about, this idea between what truth is and ideology, because mm. ultimately, anytime you get steeped in ideology, everyone's trying to race to the most puritanical side of of the argument mm -hmm. because they want to show that they are the purest. In Pride, heart, right. Yeah. That I I hold the greatest weight and understanding yeah. of how to apply our ideology to these different instances of life. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you have somebody like Mark Ruffalo saying, forget kindness. You know <laughs> what I mean? We want to talk about all the people that he waterboarded and blah, blah, blah. No, sir. We're at a football game. I'm sitting next to him. <laughs> He's sitting next to me. I ain't got no issues with this man. man. We're talking about the game. We're laughing about life. Because you know what? I'm not here to fight an ideological war. I'm just here watching the game. But I guarantee <laughs> Mark Ruffalo likes living safe. Of course. From terrorism. I'm sure he does. I'm pretty sure he I'm does. I'm sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does not want to be in that building that, that, was, that was crashed into. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wouldn't want that. And people don't understand <laughs> this idea that, that decisions, this is what leadership is, though. Yeah. Leadership is sitting there having to decide whether or not you're going to press the button, having to decide whether or and not. And that's not done from the comfort of, of, of no. uh, uh, 2020 uh, no. in retrospect. Yeah. No. no. That's why these men enter the it's White House time, with, with, with brown or black hair, yeah. and they leave it with gray. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you're sitting there making decisions that impact millions yes. of people so I, I always love how people act as though i mean it's so simple money, you could have quarterbacks you, you, man you just you just should have done a b c or d it's like Tell no you. every a b c and d had had four or five different caveats no doubt you know what i mean yeah so i just yeah that kind of stuff bothers me i'm just kind of well, like it should you know, it should because it's unnecessary it, when you're not making the decisions in real time uh, you know, and people do that about all kinds of things. They'd be like, oh, well, why, why, why did, all the way down to, you know, why did he throw that pass? 
you know, in a football game. Yeah. Right. And it's like, because you know, he threw that pass for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with like seven, eight guys coming at him as fast as they I'm could. I'm telling you. Uh, things kind of deceived him a little bit. Why did they shoot all them? Why did they take all them shots? The police didn't have to shoot that much. Have you ever shot a handgun? Do you know how inaccurate <laughs> a handgun is? Especially when you're nervous. I know, especially yeah. when adrenaline is high, regardless of your training. Right. You cannot train out the human element. You're telling me that these folks aren't RoboCops? No, no, no. That's not how that works. People, okay. I mean, in people making decisions in real time, people just... You know, people need to just really cool it. But we, we, we like that. And that's what social media has unearthed. Oh, absolutely. A whole lot of people. The high-minded oh, judge and priestess. Self-righteous. <laughs> bully pulpit. Soapbox. Get on. And, and, look at and, you. Lo- and look at you. And you ain't never had to do it's nothing like 100% close. pure liberal. Boom. <laughs> like, or what? pure anything. Or pure idiot. I mean, it can be anything. <laughs> or pure anything. <laughs> it's just like, chill out, people. There's a world going on around us where people are making split second decisions under an extreme amount of stress. Yeah. So and, just chill out. And here's the deal. It, it's not as though it's not as though that these same people aren't having relationships or having acquaintances with people who have done seedy things or things that you and you or I would think would be reason enough to be like, I don't know if I'd be hanging out with yeah. you. See don't, me? I don't, don't know if I'd be there, rubbing babe, shoulders with that person. That gets too close. But, to home. but that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that, that, you're right. You know, they, it's, it's just, okay, which one are you today? Are you, are you the pot of the kettle? I mean, yeah. you know, really yeah. get off, just get off your high horse. That's the truth. So man. we're going to, we're going to segue. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and definitely we have to talk about the Amber Geiger case because of course it's a little close, close to where we live being being here in Texas and, and kind of um, watching a lot of the, the the video footage and stuff like that. I was I was really into this case I don't know why yeah it just really struck me and, and we'll we'll talk about it but this was one of those cases that I just I could not stop watching mm. what was going on because it I mean you know now with YouTube they have it live you can watch yeah. the trial in real time it's kind of yeah. crazy but anyway we'll be back please 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 stay with us the diverse jury made up of eight women and four men, all of varying ethnicities, sentenced Amber Geiger to 10 years behind bars. These jurors telling us the decision was not an easy one. There was a lot of crying. A lot of crying. When we were told to go decide between five and life, that was like, we didn't have words. Prosecutors were asking for 28 years. They were. Um, you all landed at 10. After hearing about how his family talked about him, he seemed like just the light in their lives, and he was kind and just forgiving. caring and forgiving. And I, I said, I told everyone, I was like, I'm really having a hard time with this because we all agree that it was a mistake, and I don't think, I, th- I don't think Bo would want to take harsh vengeance. I think he would want to forgive her. And I felt, I didn't feel like I had any right to speak for him, and he isn't there to talk for himself, but. Listening to how people talked about him, I felt like he would forgive her. They asked for 28 years, and I'm going to be honest and, and true. I was like, I can't give her 28 years. I know a lot of people are not happy about the 10 years, but I felt like, you know, for this case was not like any other case. You can't compare this case to any of those other officers killing unarmed black men. Those officers that kill unarmed black men, when they got out, they went back to living their lives. Amber Geiger, ever since she killed that man, she has not been the same. She showed remorse and that 
she's going to have to deal with that for the rest of her life. Can, can I give her a hug, please? When I saw this video, after after the sentencing and after also being on Instagram and Twitter and hearing people's opinion, I thought, wow, that it brings a, a brand new perspective, right? Because we don't, we get all the headlines and we get all of the sound bites, but very rarely do we really think about being a human being, hearing all of the evidence that's presented, maybe not every piece of evidence, but hearing all of the evidence that is presented dur with during the trial and sitting around with, with 14 other people and talking through this process. Mm -hmm. Because if you've never really sat on a jury, especially not just any jury, but a jury where you're getting ready to put somebody in prison for five to life, I mean, goodness gracious, that's kind of, talk about being open-ended. So, yeah. so you're sitting down and you're having to think about all the facts and you do consider whether or not someone appeared to be contrite. You do consider whether or not there's even that feeling that they care, you know what I mean? Or that they understand the heaviness or the, the toll that whatever their action is, has taken on, on family, friends, mm -hmm. and the like. So, yeah. you know, I, I think when I, when, when I saw a lot of the, the feedback, especially from black people, I'm just being honest, I thought, you know, this is the problem, that we, that we act as though this, this, this want to, to seek out racial justice and this want to, to, to even some type of score that nobody knows what the tally is, it creates this unending narrative that, that shades police, mm -hmm. makes them fearful, right? Shades uh, the citizen, because we're unsure too. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And now everybody's just living in, in fear, in mm -hmm. fear of what could be, instead of, instead of us being able to live peaceably with one another and extend to each other, not, not allowing someone to get off scot-free. I'm not saying that no. all, all of your sins are just, no, that's for, for you and God to deal with. Yeah. But I am saying that we understand that mistakes can happen, just like we were talking about a minute ago. Mistakes mm -hmm. can happen like this. Yeah. These, things oh, don't, yeah. these things happen in seconds. It's not as though I walk in the, the, the apartment, two hours pass, and I'm still sitting here contemplating whether or not I should back out. Mm -hmm. or or discharge my firearm that's not no. how it happens no and 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 really truthfully it is fear so often if we were honest it's fear that compels us to do some of the things that we do to take the rash and irrational mm -hmm. actions that we find ourselves in yeah and so i you know I, my hat's off to the jury because i think they operated as as people not as not trying to be you know the purveyors of all things right and just mm -hmm. in the world that this that we're going to make a decision that's going to make that balances the scale correct. from past like, sins that's not yeah. our job we're here looking at her as an individual we're considering botham jean and the life that was lost and the impact of that life being mm -hmm. lost yeah and we're going to make the decision that we feel like collectively is in the best interest or provide some some semblance of justice but also extends some hope to someone who found themselves in a, in a very, very bad situation that night. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, my, my thing is this, my feelings about sentencing aside, my feelings about and thoughts about any of the case aside, there's one thing that I come away with when I look at this as a person from the outside looking in. 
is that evidently what was presented in that courtroom had to be of such, uh, gosh, how can I say it? It, From what I understand, there wasn't a dry eye very much in that place. Number one, I think that had to do with the, the, the type of young man that lost his life. Sure. Uh, it, it, w- when you're the type of man that seems to have been portrayed uh, by his family and the way they responded, the way they acted, the way they, they spoke from his mom to his brother and father, um, this young man should be alive oh, today. No doubt. You know no what doubt. I mean? He should be alive and no, should be no living doubt. his life. And so for some one of his caliber to lose his life for something as honestly wild yeah. <laughs> as 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 this whole just like incident. she said it's unlike anything they've ever yeah it, you it's, know what I mean? it's really out there now it makes it hard for people on the outside to look in and and not be extremely skeptical uh it makes it hard for anybody on the outside but like i say evidently what was presented in that courtroom uh, from both sides, from experts, from investigators, uh, to the jury, to the judge, for everybody. It had to be such that everybody had, it, it seems as though the jury, if you listen to those two, they really put in a lot of thought to get it right. Sure. And they were trying to get it right. Sure. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, and they tried to block out all of the external factors that can really creep into your thinking because, whether you know it or not, they're pretty sure they're sequestered, so they're not really a privy to what's everything's going on outside of them. But this is a pretty high-profile case. I, I think it's probably hard to where you don't know that this is pretty big in the psyche of the American people to some degree. you got to know something. You may not know it all because of, like I said, because of them keeping you somewhat shielded from a lot of it. But they tried to get it right. Um, and what the young man's brother did, in the middle of, uh, of, of that trial, I just think, you know, and this is the, the pastor in me. I think when you're people like us who are on the outside looking in, you didn't even know Botham wouldn't have known he existed until this happened. You have to take your cues from family and you have to, cause I, I I've seen, Oh gosh. I mean, I've seen some serious, serious demeaning memes and things said that are that are to me so far out of bounds about 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 brent jeans uh about brent jeans uh act of, of forgiving her about the judge coming down giving her hug and a bible uh there was even something that was put out there about the the bailiff, the female black bailiff, bailiff who went uh, viral because she was running her fingers through Amber Geiger's hair. Yeah. But it comes out she was not like stroking the young lady's hair. She was checking for contraband. They do it to all of them. They run their fingers through the hair and everything because she stayed there. She she wasn't going to leave the courtroom, and so she had to have a female bailiff to stay with her there. Mm-hmm. Some little unique situation that took place after the thing was over, and so people just like sharks to blood jumping on everything they can and using this moment to really castigate mm-hmm. uh this young man mm-hmm. to uh, you know say a whole lot of things about the judge the jury is the one who who set the sentencing 
you have it and people talking about them too <laughs> i mean there's and and like i said Thank we're yes. on the outside looking in Ridiculous. and it's kind of like what what happened to the civility of taking my cues from the family right i'm going to take my cues from mom and dad and i'm not going to soil their son's death by mm-hmm. trying to use it to catapult myself on some type of bully pulpit mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. See, because that's a selfish act. I don't right. care what you say. You, 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 you it's like trying to kill him again. Yeah. That's it's, what it is. No, 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 no. You can talk about all your love for the culture yeah. and the love for the people. No, that's selfish. It's that's selfish. hubris and pride going to seed. Correct. Because you don't, you didn't know him. Correct. You did not know him. And, and, and you, and have you don't to, love him more than his parents do. But I mean, see, you and know? this is the thing. You like, have to on. approach it as though we are a monolith in order for you to feel emboldened to do such a thing. You have to say all black people, you're just the same. I'm a broad brush stroke everybody. Right. So I can do this. And you don't know the, the particular feelings and sentiment and the, the faith of the, the Gene family. Gene or John. Some people pronounce it John. But. We, we saw an act, and just to swing it away from just the jury to what his brother did, we saw an act, like I said, that pricked us beyond the superficial religious practice we have of Christianity in this nation. Mm-hmm. And it went deeper. Mm-hmm. And it poked us at a deeper level. Which is why it got the, the response. And that's that why it got, got the response it got. And what was upsetting to me, was to see Christian people <laughs> persecuting yeah. Christian people mm-hmm. for behaving like Christian people. Yeah. <laughs> what gives you the right to actually want to be like Jesus? <laughs> it's yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what this whole walk exactly. is about. I mean, you know, it's on. like, and, and see, that's what I mean. Somebody comes along or something comes along, and in a moment, whether the young man understood it all or anybody understood sure. anything, a moment comes along where somebody does something so like Jesus, it breaks through the facade of our superficial that's Christianity. Absolutely right. And it pokes us deep, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, if there's junk in there, here it comes. That's right. If there's hate in there, here, here it comes. comes. If there's a whole lot of, <laughs> just a whole lot of envy and jealousy and anger and rage, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And so this moment was a, it was a real watershed moment, man, because it changed. He single-handedly kind of just took the thing and turned it away from what was starting to become something that they could have bubbled over in Dallas once again, where they did protest anyway, but that thing could have gotten really ugly. But when a family stands up and does that, when the mother comes out and she says what she says, and she then shines a light on the fact that, no, look, there are some things that need to be addressed here uh, in terms of corruption and what have you. But at the same time, she had a sense of civility about herself. She just lost her her baby. Mm -hmm. We have to take our cues from that and Mm -hmm. step down because we we're not that righteous. We are not that for justice. I'm sorry. It is a bunch of grandstanding. It's a bunch of selfishness and it's rude and it's disrespectful to a grieving family. It is flat out disrespectful. I want to I want to read something. And this was the kind of stuff that got me fired up on Instagram because I can't. I'm just not able to hold my peace <laughs> when people do things like this. So, there, so you cannot see it, obviously, but there's a picture of, of Judge Tammy Kemp embracing Amber Geiger. And the person says, when a cop-friendly judge hugs 
a convicted murderer right after she has killed a black man, you and your associates have lost all credibility. That's why nobody believes the Dallas police in their story about Joshua Brown. And of course, Joshua Brown is the young man who testified sure. was killed and after. was killed yeah. shortly thereafter. Here, here, here's the deal, guys. And I, and I saw the word, the word coon, um, mammy. Oh, yeah. I mean, just a, a, a litany of, of here's my frustration with black people. It really is. Because we'll 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 sit there and act like we want to we want to call together everybody and, and and march for for any number of things, but we will be the first ones to open fire on our own. I mean, yeah. you, I mean, the the first ones who will who will offer up the rope and say yes, let's let's begin to publicly lynch this person. Yeah, and and, and to do it, and and to feel such self righteousness behind it. When you have no tie to what happened in that courtroom. None. You don't know Judge Kemp. You don't know the Gene John family. You don't know Amber Geiger's family. You don't know anything. And, 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 <laughs> you don't know anything. And so I'm, I'm watching this trial on YouTube, and I'm, I'm watching it live. And, and of course, I'm, when, when it was the prosecution's turn to, to bring forth evidence regarding Amber's past and things that she's posted on social media. Mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, you know what's interesting about, about social media? A, that it's a record. We all know that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if you ever find yourself in a situation, be be not surprised that they <laughs> comb through every single thing you've ever posted in your life. Be smart people. Correct. But how, how many people, and I'm seeing folks on Instagram now, how many people have gotten on there and said things out of anger, mm-hmm. have jumped on bandwagons and said something about Whitey? Oh yeah. Or kill police. Oh yeah. Now what happens if one day, let's say somebody who's who's been very very um outspoken yeah. about the police and brutality accidentally backs their car over a police officer. Let's say he falls dead and he dies. Mm-hmm. And let's say now you're on trial. And it was an accident. I mean there 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 was nothing malicious about it. Mm-hmm. But the prosecution is there to win a case. Yeah. So so our entire case hinges on proving intent. Yeah. That that helps us that that helps us identify whether or not it's a felony, whether or not it's manslaughter, whether you know you see what I mean? Oh yeah. So so it's important to us. So let's say that all of this happens, you're in court, and the first thing they want to do is pull up your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Right? And let's say it's a white police officer, you're black. Yeah. And they pull up Instagram and they see all this stuff about kill whitey and everything else. Now you go to work with white people every day. Yeah. Sit across from them, eat lunch with some of them, laugh and joke. Yeah. So, are you a racist? Mm. Are 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 you a are you a tried and true racist? Yeah. And how is it that if someone is white and they and, and I'm not I'm not supporting what she's posted, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is that we need to be very careful about the labels that we're so quick to slap on people because we find that they write something about MLK. Mm-hmm. Or they, we find that they've said something. Because I've seen black people talk about Martin Luther King. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so let's, uh, really? Let's stop. So, oh yeah. so, so my point is, my point is that, that we forget the fact that we are human. Mm-hmm. That we are human. And that our lives could turn on a dime. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been on, on a highway and gotten into some type of road rage with someone? And, mm-hmm. wha- and what if that would have ended in some oh, yeah. type of tragic event. Oh yeah. What if that person were white or Asian and somebody finds out that you've put some type of aspersion or ugly uh, yeah. meme on your Twitter feed? 
Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? No, and no then doubt. next thing you know, you're painted as as the number one racist. Yeah. So I, I all I'm saying is is let's understand that people make bad choices every single day. Yes, they and do. And they don't do it from a place of, of malicious intent. But they do do it because of out of the abundance of the heart. That's mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. We 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 train ourselves we get ourselves to wherever we say we're gonna go. Yeah. So if we talk about killing people, think it not strange, you're gonna kill somebody. Yeah. Or well, scenarios are gonna present themselves. Opportunities are gonna absolutely. You, know, you you put yourself in that path. And that's the thing that, that this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum in a moment in an event. I mean, we, we look at the event, but there are things that uh, people are living life. It, you know, people are living life. <laughs> people are living life people every living day. Life. They're waking up every day making these choices and decisions and much like you said, man, making bad ones. Making making poor ones, making some that and, and then sometimes people like I say, nowadays people are so flippant with language. Mm, they are. People are telling jokes all the time and saying it's, it's not even funny. Yeah. You know, <laughs> stuff. People are we're we're just too loose completely with our language and our language is really is really getting us into a lot of trouble. And uh like you said, man, put the shoe on the other foot. Like you like you said, and, and, and it you, you, and, you can kinda see it. And here's the deal. Consequence is intended to change your behavior, your demeanor, mm-hmm. your future actions. That's why we have consequence. Mm-hmm. When my child chooses to do something that they, I know is not in their best interest, there's consequence. Yeah. And we put those consequences in place to affect not only their current behavior, but their future behavior. Yes. So what I'm saying is that even the consequence of Amber Geiger's 10-year sentence is is there in hopes of putting her back on a path to actually being a productive citizen. I don't understand us wanting to sentence people to a life of despair as though when they get out they're going to be better human beings as a result. But you see that's why and that's why what the young man's brother Brent did that's why it pricked the soul of the country so deeply. Absolutely. Is because for some people she was irredeemable because it, at the end of the day, it couldn't be a mistake. It couldn't have been a bad choice in the heat of the moment. She sure. couldn't have been at the wrong apartment. Sure. It could not. Have, that's just impossible. We'll not believe it. Now, there are experts who said it is possible and is very likely because they went and investigated the whole whatever and whatever. Right. You know, that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, it's this idea that sometime in our society, which is disastrous, we walk around with these ideas of picking those who are irredeemable and those who are. That's exactly And right. we have these picks and chooses. That's exactly right. And at the end of the day, we had better make sure, uh, and it's, maybe this is the preacher in me, but I just <laughs> got to say it, we better make sure that we're willing to embrace the grace that we require mm-hmm. every <laughs> single day, every second every of every day, day absolutely. for somebody else. Absolutely. And, uh, and that, like I said, that's not, that does not mean criminals should not go to jail. That does not mm. mean people who take innocent life should not serve their time and sentence, but it does mean in the interest, in the interest, excuse me, of civility, we understand the importance of grace in its role in society. And, and we also understand that, that forgiveness for forgiveness is a process. Mm. So because because Brant happened to act on on what what was in his heart doesn't mean that we're saying everybody 
ought to feel the same way. Yeah. Nobody's trying to say that, but but the idea is that we're still human beings. And and are there cases where we should be like, yeah, you absolutely, you, we gonna lock you up. I'm not, I mean, oh, I'm yeah. just being straight with you. You mess with a kid, you, I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to offer you any sympathy, really. Yeah. You can figure that out in the jail cell well, or wherever th- else. There's, there's, a, there's a thing in society where we have to stop acting like certain people's behavior is a case of the I can't help it. That, uh, like, like human beings have Jeez. no ability to change course and say, oop, no, I'm not gonna do that. That's exactly <laughs> you know, right. You, you know, we're, we're starting like they're just to, on autopilot. Yeah, we're starting to treat people like they they're just gonna do it that's the way they are mm-hmm. and that's gonna happen no no i doubt it mm-hmm. now that you they had a choice they they probably jumped over a few hurdles before sure. they got to that very fatal uh decision sure. and so there's a difference in that and i'm talking about this this all important necessity to extend grace even mm-hmm. in meeting out justice sure what I'm to do justice, but I'm also to love mercy. That's right. Right. That's right. And walk humbly with my God. That those are those things, and and that's the balance that any society needs to remain civil. If not, you get what we're getting. That's this exactly tit for right. tat. This I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pluck your eyes out while you plucking <laughs> mine. We might both end up blind, blind but and, but but we're gonna do it, and and it's going to cause us to keep going down this 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 downward spiral of disintegration and separation and broken relationship and all of this social media junk and crap that everybody is is agreeing mm-hmm. they can't this it's enough they get tired of it but at the same time we don't want to acknowledge where we need to heal and uh and that's why this case was very it's a watershed moment man it really is and i just want to say this i want to i want to thank brant and i want to thank judge kemp because because here's the deal we as Christian people, we're here to represent him. No doubt. And and, and, Hands and, down. and Jesus the Bible says that Jesus came and that he's full of grace and truth. Yeah. And so in, in what happened in that courtroom is that obviously truth was given, right? Both sides of, of, of the story was, was presented. And the jury chose to look at all of the facts to to make a judgment call as to what was an appropriate sentence but also allowed for there to be grace in putting themselves in her position, I'm sure, and sitting back and saying, well, could I have made that mistake? Could I have been the person if yeah. I were the person? Yeah, and the jurors said they were trying to put themselves in the shoes of, of Botham. Of, of both, Yeah, Correct. and they were trying to say it, the, the way this young man was, would he have wanted us to drop 28 years on this woman? That's exactly or would right. He, what type of man was he? Well, who, who are we representing here? And then the, the nature of the crime, and like I say, all the things that they had to get into, like I said, that we were not privy to in sure. the actual trial. Sure. But, uh, but no, you're right. You're right, absolutely. But I, I, I just want people to understand that when we, when we see things like this happen, uh, let us not be so quick to assume that, that all of hell's wrath should be should be thrust upon any person just because at the at the hours. end of the day <laughs> it could be tomorrow that you're out just driving around and you're p- playing with your cell phone and next thing you know you you take a child's life who runs across the street after a ball it yeah. could be just that oh, quick yeah. Yeah. and and the story is That's different so so let's love people enough to extend them grace hey before we get out of here uh, you know i i want us to this is called culture and convictions, right? Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that we've been talking about is 
how can we make sure that we leave you guys with something more more so than what we have to say? Sure. But but let's leave you with the word. And and one of the the scriptures that sort of jumped off the page to me is found in Philippians one, um, verse nine, and it says, "In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ." being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. To the man. So let's love people, but let's do it with all discernment (laughs) and understanding, right? But with righteousness also, because we we have to do it from the right place in extending any type of love to anybody. And so we we pray that the program blesses you. Babe, did you have anything to, to add to that? Hey. Look, this has been a great program. Look, we, we solicit your 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 input. Uh, you can like, subscribe, talk to us, give us your feedback on Culture and Convictions. We're just getting started on the conversation, and we can plan to continue that conversation. So this is what we're all about. We hope to talk to you all next time. So until next time, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. God bless.